Yo mom is so generous. She helped me throughout a very tough time in my life, and I'm very thankful for it. <laughs> oh yeah? Your mom is so nice. When I needed a ride home, she, she drove me all the way downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I respect her for that. <laughs> You ever see the ringer? Oh wait, the one with like the guy with like the pigeons. The pigeons. Wait, no, because there's actually a book called The Ringer that like I read, which is about like this like what is your what is your ringer about? Hold on, The Ringer, the movie with Johnny Knoxville where he uh, where he rigs the Special Olympics. Oh no, I didn't. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I did, whoa. Wait, uh, uh, all right, all right yeah, hold on, hold on. One second. It seems like a problematic movie, but it's whoa. actually a really lighthearted movie that actually shines a light on like special needs and stuff. It's actually a really like heartfelt movie, but it definitely would not fly today. That's for whoa. sure. <laughs> that was not the route I thought. So there's <laughs> there's this book I had read called The Ringer. And, like, it was about, like, this small town where, like, they had this festival where they would, like, release a bunch of pigeons and then, like, the and then like the crowd would, like, shoot them and, like, and like see who can shoot the most pigeons. And then kids would then run out into the fields, get the ones that are still alive and snap their necks and bring them back. And, like, this one kid, like, finds a pet, like, finds a wounded pigeon, takes care of it, and he tries to, like, stop, and he tries to, like, nurse it back to health and he, like, bonds with it and he ends up saving it from the messed up festival. It was all, it's a whole thing. It's, it's really wow, fucking... I, I feel like I read that book back in like grade school or something. Yeah, I also I also read it in grade school. I remember the the, the Ringer, but yeah, that, no, it was that re- book is just as much of a fucked up premise, by the way. <laughs> 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Hot's Podcast. Yeah, we're, we're, we, we're on episode number seventy, and I'm joined with me as always by Malik. Don't Hello. look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pain. <laughs> But hi, uh, no, hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is like our second time I'm trying to record this because I was just not having a good time with internet a few minutes ago. Yeah, there was a so whole now, mess of technical difficulties. Yeah, but we didn't want to. We didn't want to just roll with it like we did last time. I think we yeah, did that no, for like episode 67 or something we, like that. We've done that for a couple episodes actually. I feel like we got to start getting better at that. <laughs> <laughs> just like no, we have to be better. We can't just put out the mediocre content. We can't be extra mediocre. We got to put out like more quality mediocre stuff it really but, uh, depends yeah. because it's like you know we can we can be natural on the podcast you know like mm-hmm. you, you know we can it's not like we're putting on a show for everybody here like i mean technically we are but it's not like i don't know it's not like we have to change who we are as people you know to run this podcast you know if we, somebody's like to go to the bathroom just be like yo i gotta go to the bathroom and then we'll, we'll be like all right we'll be we, right back we're like out in like the and like the public and people come up like oh my god are you like malik from tell hi it's a podcast like back away from me scallion Uh, that is (laughs) my stage (laughs) i am not malik i am malachi you shall not refer to me as such that is my stage name malik i am a golden god (laughs) back away peasant (laughs) oh my god it's it's funny like you mentioned that like i keep thinking about like how like uh glenn howerton um was meant to be was like the all was almost 
low Star Lord for uh, the MCU, and I just, <laughs> I just keep thinking about like Dennis Reynolds like moments of Star Lord, like Gamora, you bitch, <laughs> Gamora, you bitch, <laughs> you fat bitch. What is he? What is he Idiots, savages, <laughs> savages. Just like he's like a, a, a starter ship. No, the Milano is a it's a finisher ship. No, be gone, vile man. Transporter of golden gods. <laughs> 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 it's like rocket i will skin you alive and dice you in a nebula i will skin you alive and dice you into tiny pieces and, and, and make you a pulpy ma- dennis reynolds is an actual serial killer oh yeah 100 percent. yeah oh my god but uh, yeah no like i um i i was like thinking it's it's insane thinking about like, some of the people that were like almost cast like apparently i had read somewhere that like you know the like uh adam sandler and like david Tennant were eyed for rocket i'm trying to think of other like um, oh john krasinski as like captain america because yeah. he also really wanted that role like he was like he was trying hard to get it and um to the point where like he was um he like remember like the office gym just shows up like buff yeah, as hell just jacked because <laughs> he like because that was him trying to get uh, get the role of captain america uh i, I remember tom cruise also also iron man as well that would have been such a weird decision i don't know yeah. a lot of people, like tom, a lot of people are about it but like i'm just not i don't know tom cruise just doesn't seem like a tony stark was, to me he was like the because now we've had Robert Downey Jr. But could you imagine if we never got Robert Downey Jr. and we just would have had Tom Cruise for all that time? Um, Joaquin Phoenix was apparently eyed for Doctor Strange as well. That would have been very interesting. I love Joaquin yeah. Phoenix as an actor, yeah. man. He's so what good. It, it would have been so weird. <laughs> that would have <laughs> been like, very weird. But it's it's not too far away from his range. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his acting performances. It's not that, that that's the type of movie that's not too far off from things that he's done in the past. I For remember sure. uh, Allison Brie was also in Cap was almost Captain America. Was, she was one of the people I had to play as uh, Sharon Carter. Apparently, at uh. first, before they got before they got Emily Van Camp. Um, I, I'm trying to think who else was like eyed for the roles as well that I'm trying to think of. Uh, uh, it, it it is a fun constant thing of like almost castings as well that like almost happened. Um. There was someone else. I remember, like, Quicksilver almost didn't happen because Aaron Taylor Johnson didn't want to do, like, the whole franchise thing. He, like, wanted to, he didn't want to, like, be all over the place. He, like, only wanted to do, like, the one movie, which is, like, Joss Whedon was, like, going to his house. Like, look, just do the one movie. I'll kill you off. But, like, you're my Quicksilver. Like, I need yeah. you as Quicksilver. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. Like, also, fuck Joss Whedon. Piece that of was shit. a weird but, casting uh, choice because shortly after Age of Ultron came Godzilla or either before that. It was either before or after. No, it would have been before because 2014. 2015 so mm-hmm. it was like that's just a weird casting choice for elizabeth olsen and aaron taylor johnson as brother and sister when they just last year they played husband and wife and got yeah <laughs> yeah no, like no like it, it was so like what the hell like and it's crazy too because there actually is there actually is an incest storyline between quicksilver and scarlet witch in the comics so it was oh. like oh no oh man that's oh, bad. N- yeah, I'm like, oh <laughs> no, this is uncomfortable. Speaking of which, we're getting like we're getting we got some monsterverse news too. Not too long ago, we're getting a lot we of did. monsterverse. We're getting a TV series on like Apple TV. I think we're getting a Godzilla versus Kong two. Uh, uh, I think hey, it has a title now. Actually, oh, what is what is it? It's Godzilla and Kong, and I forget what the what the full title is. Let me look this up real quick. But it's now Godzilla and Kong. I know that. Yeah, they announced a couple things, and I'm so excited because I thought I was really worried that like Godzilla. It's Godzilla X Kong, the new the new Empire. 
That's what you say when, like, you ship people, though. <laughs> like, you say that character, X that They're character. lovers now. They do not, they do not, like, oh, no. Oh, my God, did I, I never even told you. One random day at work, I came up with a grouping for all, all of my, like, closest friends in the MonsterVerse. Like, who they relate to. Okay. So, and I think I, two people have told, like, both Tim and Adam said that I've nailed this. Let me pull up this convo real quick with Adam so I can... Uh... Just, I'll just say, we're getting... Um, before you pull it up, the things we're getting for the MonsterVerse, we're getting a... Uh, think we're getting Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, but then we're getting two TV series, one called Skull Island and one called Godzilla and the Titans. Skull Island will be on Netflix and Godzilla and the Titans will be on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more excited for Skull Island. That was my shit. I'm team. I'm, I'm st- we took that L, but team Kong all the way, bro. I'm very excited for just more MonsterVerse stuff because I love Same, my dude. kaijus. Same, dude. Can't wait. All right, so oh shit, I just I hate when Facebook does that. You're trying to scroll and then it just shoots you down like a bunch. Here we go. Yeah. So we'll start off. We'll start off with Tim. I said Tim is Godzilla because he can be very wild and reckless, but ultimately he's kind and for the most part tame. I said mm. you're Mothra because you're very supportive of people you care about. You also put others way before you put yourself. Adam also shares this quality with you, but. I put Adam as Rodan because he's very loyal to those he cares about, even if they may not be the best of people. We say that. Didn't Rodan get his ass beat and then immediately submit to the bad guy? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying he's loyal. <laughs> okay, I know, but like, no, Rodan immediately submitted to the bad guy after he got his ass beat. Well, yeah, because of the alpha call. Okay. Oh, the alpha <laughs> call. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That's why I said, I was like, I said, he's very loyal. Um, to those he cares about, even if they may not be the best of people. Um, okay. And then I said, we have me. I said, I'm Kong because I'm kind and care. I'm a kind and caring person who doesn't really bother with much. But if you piss me off or hurt someone I care about, I will fuck you up. Yeah, and I was and I was Team Kong all the way too. I was I remember we were all watching Godzilla versus Kong, and then like Kong took the L. You just hear me on the mic going no. Because <laughs> like, I was so excited for oh that movie was so fun and again like it was so funny to hear people go like it was like the movie critics were like trying to say well this movie's just bad it's like you tell me you like it's just a bunch of monsters fighting monsters which all the kaiju fans are like yeah that's what we want that was, it's that actually was the, good that was the reviews for Godzilla King of the Monsters like hands down yeah there was too much focus on the monsters it's like that's what we want you think I care yeah, about what Millie Bobby like, Brown's fucking doing I feel so bad but like I was so uninto team Godzilla in the like it, the human side of Kong was really cool because they were going to Hollow Earth but the human side of Godzilla was not it I'm sorry yeah their it whole purpose not. was just to find Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> And, like, they spill the fucking, like, drink on the fucking, like, console to, like, mess up Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Which, like, I feel, I see, for a minute, I thought we were going to get Mechagodora because, like, they had the one Ghidorah head, That's what head everybody too. thought because they yeah, had the like, one head. But then instead yeah. they just put the brain into Mechagodzilla. And I was kind of like, oh, that's a little bit of a cop-out, but I get Mecha, it. Mechagodzilla beats the shit out of Godzilla, too. Oh, yeah. He, just, he, he dominates oh, his you think ass. about it's, it. I mean, he just got done a grueling fight with Kong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he gets his ass whooped by Mexican Mega Godzilla. <laughs> there was like no period in between. 
My favorite one is when like uh, someone had like edited um, a fucking uh, Mechagodzilla with the audio, like "Come here, boy!" You just hear Godzilla <laughs> going, "Help, help!" It's like Mechagodzilla slams his head over <laughs> and over again into the building. Like, oh my god, Mechagodzilla had like a weird design too. It was the way that he had like that super thin torso that weirded me out. Yeah, like, it was, it's hell? not good. He's supposed to be like. He's supposed to look just like Godzilla, but robot. Like it's not bad. It's just really weird. It is you know, very looking. weird. I'll yeah. give you that. I did like how they even like brought back to like they in, they like in they involved the uh, the skull crawlers into it as well to like um connected back to Skull Island. Skull Island is my favorite monster monster verse movie so far. But yeah, I mean it's Kong's home. That movie's yeah. just really good in general because like. And, and still, the thing is, is that even people that don't like that movie can all agree that the best character in all of the MonsterVerse is John C. Riley's character. Because I, he just had I, such a good story. I also do really love uh, Samuel Jackson's character in that movie. He just becomes Absolutely. so obsessed with the war, man. It's like that, that kind of stuff happens to people, too. It happened to a lot of Vietnamese like soldiers, you know, not Vietnamese soldiers, but soldiers that fought in Vietnam, you know. I, I fucking love that bit too, and like he has one of the funniest lines of like um uh, Brie Larson's like you know we can't kill Kong, and then he just goes, "Bitch, please!" <laughs> so funny, dude. It's one of the most like beautifully shot movies as well. I feel like like Kong Skull Island had like the most like definitive, just like wow, that's like a, like so many shots, like that's just beautiful too. Like, yeah, holy it's a crap. great it's a great period piece. You know, it's like they really nailed like. I, I know it takes place during the time of the Vietnam War, but they really nailed a lot of aspects of like the Vietnam War and stuff like that in there. Even though, even if it was only for a brief time, you know. It also, like stacked cast as well of like John Goodman, Tom Hiddleston, Brie oh, Larson, yeah. um, freaking uh, uh, Samuel Jackson, John C. Riley. It was just so good. Yeah, it was a very good movie. My, my favorite is still King of the Monsters, just because that movie blew me away in theaters. King of the Monsters is just so balls to the wall insane. It I is. think the the only Monsterverse movie I got to see in theaters was the OG like Godzilla 2014 because like I just um King of the Monsters I didn't get to see cuz I was like busy with life at the time and then uh Kong Skull Island I had I just like I was away. I, I was at college actually. I just didn't have the time to go see it. And then Godzilla versus Kong was the one I was going to go see, but then you know COVID happened and it got released on HBO Max. Yeah, King of the Monsters was the only one that I saw in theaters too. But yeah. once, once the new Empire comes out, you know we're going to see that. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to see that. I got to find a Kong t-shirt. I got a Kong t-shirt. I have a Kong yeah. and a Godzilla t-shirt. <laughs> I, remember, I remember I used to... I remember I loved Peter Jackson's King Kong from 2006. That one was good. It was just long. Everyone says that. It's so long. And like, oh my... I never even got... I never... And you know what's funny? There's an extended cut to it as well. And I yeah, never I seen an extended cut. Because every Peter Jackson film has an extended cut. <laughs> <laughs> you not, you're not wrong, though. You're really not wrong. <laughs> every Peter Jackson movie has an extended cut, like 100%. Mm. I want to ask, like, do you have, like, a favorite director in t- for movies? Mm, it, it's got to be Tarantino. I like too Tar- many of his movies. Really? Tarantino? Really? I like too many of his movies to to, to, to not be like, yeah, Tarantino's my favorite director. Mm. You know? No, I'm gonna, I got to find the time. I'm going to watch Hateful Eight tomorrow night, probably. I still, dude, I was just thinking about Django Unchained the other day. Man, that movie, that, that has like one of the best Leo performances right. I've ever seen. All right, all right. Now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna break this up. Okay, that's your favorite. Okay, now I'm gonna, now why don't you give me your favorite Marvel director and your favorite Star Wars director? All right, so my favorite Marvel director is got to be James Gunn. There you um, go. Because he just he I don't know, man. I I did not know a single thing about the Guardians until I watched that movie, mm-hmm. and it just blew me away. You know, I think I can I think I can guess your Star Wars one. Who? Bryce Dallas Howard. 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent, mommies. <laughs> so, oh, I'm Jesus Christ! I don't know if I have a favorite director in general. I'm a like I don't. Mm, I think okay, regular movies. Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele is my guy. Like okay. anything that name is attached, I'm signed up. Like nope, nope. I like I came to the realization I need to write something as good as nope, or that I feel is as good as nope, or I'm not going to feel complete in life. Get Out is like Get Out. Like literally, like changed the game for horror. Like Jordan Peele is like my guy. Like that's my yeah. director. My favorite Marvel director is tough because, oh, man. I Actually, mm. if we're going to go favorite Marvel director, it's got to be Sam Raimi. Oh, that's right, because Raimi did yeah. Multiverse of Madness. That's and right. And he did Spider-Man. Yeah, and the Spider-Man stuff, too. Honestly, Raimi, Raimi is like one of my favorite directors of all time, too. It's just, I don't know. There's something about Tarantino. His movies just blow me away. Like, I, 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 I didn't think anything would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for me when it came to Tarantino. Hateful Eight almost did it. I was like, damn. I was so fucking blown away by that movie. So for for Marvel, it's probably gotta be... I do really like the Russo brothers and what they did with Civil War and Winter Soldier. Yeah. I do really like them, but I also... It's, it's, it's okay... I think you can narrow it down between the Russos, between Coogler, because Coogler did the Black Panther movies, and like, dude, like, fucking incredible. Yeah, those movies um, cool. I think I'm going to have to give it. Oh my god! Also, like Michael Giacchino with Werewolf by Night. Um, oh wow, yeah, yeah like oh my god, that was his directorial date. I think that was his debut as well, too. Like, oh my god. Um, but like, uh, I think I may have to give it to Coogler because Coogler was the first one in the MCU to actually make me like ball my eyes out, cry. Um, but like, yeah, it's it's between Coogler and the Russo brothers because there's something about like the one the Russo brothers directed that just like fucking like changed the game for me. You know, Winter Soldier, I still watch, but Winter Soldier still holds up. Winter Soldier is still like holy oh, yeah, that crap, like this a is, powerful movie. You it's know? Th- like it's I re- I watched this, and I'm like this is just as good as I remember it being. Like when I saw it in 2014, like oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like it's insane. We had Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy back to back in one year. Yeah, no, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. I didn't also, see the first Guardians in theaters. Um, I saw that when when did I see that? I I know I saw it on my own time. I just didn't know. I just can't pinpoint exactly when. You know, now my memory gets so faded sometimes. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I've I've seen that movie a long time ago, and I can't remember exactly where, but it's just kind of was always there that I liked it. You know? sh- shout out honorable mentions to Marvel directors, though. I gotta give it um, shout outs to Shane Black because I adore Iron Man three. I love Shane Black's directing style. I loved him. I loved that. I loved um the nice guys. Uh, the no no I'm not the uh the nice guys is so good, Tyler. You would love the nice guys with um. Uh, Russell Crowe and I'm a fucking ah oh, why am I blanking on his name now fuck he was in Blade Runner 2049 fuck 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 um fuck why am I blanking on his name oh that's gonna bug me <laughs> uh, but like no like it's like Tyler that movie is your it's very once upon a time in Hollywood very like it's like set during the 70s it's very much like a PI like crime dr- comedy drama but it's so funny and so good I think you would very much enjoy it yeah, I have to check that out. Yeah, like oh my god, you know what? If like if you're busy, like if you're not free sometime this week, like I can watch hateful. You can watch hateful eight with me, and I'll watch nice guys with you. I'd be totally down for that. Yeah, because I fucking oh my god, hate like night like the nice guys is so fucking funny and so good. And I st- we have to do that on like a day off for you or like during the weekend. 
Uh, yeah, because I gotta because... be. Or we just, or just do it like early uh, enough that like I'm not go or like or enough like do it like uh, like late early enough that I don't have to like go to bed immediately. Cause, like, or like early in the day, the afternoon or something like that. Because I get off at like three like throughout this week. Oh, well, you working? What do you work in the morning shift? I'm, do, I'm doing a morning shift because I gotta help with stuff in the store in the morning oh, to transfer shit. stuff out. Well, I mean, well, I yeah, work at five, so. All right, yeah, yeah, we can figure it out. But yeah, I want to. I definitely want to like watch. I do want to watch Hateful Eight, but I think you would actually very much enjoy the nice guys because oh, Ryan Gosling. That's who. That's the other way. It's Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling in like a buddy cop seventies period piece movie. Oh, that's it's cool. so fu- It's so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, jo- uh, shame. Shout out to Shane Black, but also shout out to John Watts because I also love his Spider Man trilogy. Yeah, what, what, what do you do? The Amazing Spider Man. Well, no, he did. The, he did. The oh, MCU he knows. Spider-Man. He did all the new ones, right? Yeah, the MCU Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, he did a. He did the Home trilogy: Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home. To which, yeah, those like, were really good. I I was I would have loved to have seen what his um what his Fantastic Four would have been because he was originally going to be the guy to direct it, but after No Way Home, he was just exhausted. Like he needed a break, oh, and that's, that's complete. Yeah, completely. That I would imagine, dude. No Way Home was a lot. I feel like because remember, like when uh when Tom Holland was at the Red Carpet premiere, after he was like emotional, he was like crying because like yeah, you know, yeah. it was just that movie just like was such a big thing for him, and he was just like bawling his eyes on the red carpet because that like, release was just such a big deal for him. And I can imagine, like, dude, Watts must have been like he was exhausted, so he just like had to take the time. Like, now I gotta step away. The thing is, is that like the thing with movies. I, I talked about this with Adam the other day. Um, I I thought it came off as a pompous like opinion of mine, but I really don't think it's all that pompous anymore. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. it's like I feel like I feel like we're in a day and age where a lot of people like to give credit to a director for something that they didn't even like do. You know, mm. it's like prime example is uh, like um, did, did Ryan. Uh, so let me ask you this. Did Ryan Johnson direct or write The Last Jedi? I, I don't think I think he I think he's not credit. I think he had a hand in it. Um, I know I, I forgot The Last Jedi's writers, but um, I think I think he worked on the script because there was a couple people working on the script. A lot of people forget Carrie Fisher actually worked on Last Jedi script because she does script because she did like script treatments and shit. So like yeah. it was. Let me see if I can find it. And um, here's to my. No, no, yes, he did write it. Ryan Johnson is credited as the writer. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he he did direct and well, write. Well, here's but- here's to my point anyway. A lot of people like when a movie's bad. A lot of people like to blame a director for something that they didn't even write. People mm-hmm. need to understand that a director's job is to bring the screenwriter's vision to life. You know, I will- that's their I- job. That's still the case of Ryan Johnson, though, because, like, if you remember, like, everyone, like, gave Ryan shit for how Luke is portrayed, but Ryan did not write that Luke went into exile for six years. J.J. Abrams did. Exactly. Ryan Ryan had to figure out how to explain why. He actually said it, like, very, he actually said it, like, very cool in the interview, and he said, like, I need to explain, okay, why did Luke just leave the fight for six years? I need to think of an actual believable reason, and that is, like, he does doesn't think he's going to help which i thought yeah. was like a really cool thing so like i still think ryan did very good for being given like 
oh, I'm sorry. There was. I'm sorry. I have the lights off in my room, and like there was like a massive shadow at my window. <gasps> Holy and shit! It, and it's and it was a tree, and I just like I my entire life flashed before my eyes there for a second. <laughs> I thought something was about to get me. But, no, uh, but the thing is, is that a lot of people like to give full blame to a director for a movie going bad when they didn't even write the movie. Like yeah. if it's if it was written and directed by this person, I completely understand the point of saying, you know, the film was bad and this part and it's this person that did it. But like a lot of people don't really see the big picture when it comes to making a movie. And that's, you know, there's a team of producers that help out make decisions in the movie. There's the screenwriters that have written the entire script out. So if there was dialogue that you didn't like, it was most likely them. There is the writer who made the entire story. And then the director who brings that vision, that writer's vision to life, you know, Mm. and I think it works both ways. It's like, you know, we're all we're really quick to give a director credit for something that they didn't write either. You know, if it's a really good movie. And it's just like, I just don't think that's fair to everybody that worked on that movie. You know? Yeah. Let me see if there any, uh, was there any other, I'm going to check the IMDb for the last day to see what happened. Yeah. Ryan did write it as well. And that's I my, that, uh, it's partially, it partially has to do with the fact that like, I've been really getting into movies lately. So, um, you know, I've, I've taken, taking a huge interest in a lot of different types of movies, whether they're yeah. artsy or horror or, you know, just trying to trying to step away from the Marvel and star Wars for a little bit. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to watch them, but like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm exploring other movies now that I find are yeah. really entertaining. And I'm like, I even notice it myself. I'm like, man, this director did a really good job. And I'm like, well, wait, who wrote it? And it's somebody else. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's the writer that did it. You yeah. know, <laughs> Marvel has a lot of that. I think where it's like, I think James Gunn usually writes and directs Is James Gunn is actually going to write and direct Superman, which. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, um, I think it's uh, it usually is like a lot of like differences. Like, OK, there's a writer and there's a director. And uh, but I think a lot of the directors tend to get like uh, like a Michael Waldron, I think, is going to wrote is going to be writing for um, uh, um is going to be writing for a. Uh, uh, Kang Dynasty and uh, Secret uh, Secret Wars. So yeah, and a, a lot of people kind of eh on Michael Waldron, but we shall wait and see. Um, I am like yeah, no, like it's definitely like a weird disconnect. Again, like there's a whole again there's a whole strike with the writers right now. So exactly. like, we're going to yeah. So again, that that's another thing too. That's like there was a writers' strike for a bit back in like 2008. I may begin that year wrong, but that like severely affected quality of stuff and different things got like like some. Sh- shows it just like dipped out of nowhere in quality yeah and so like looking at it like dude like some major shows have been like andor and daredevil born again have had their production halted or hampered by the writer's strike that is two of disney's that's marvel and star wars yeah two no, of disney's, it's, a serious, like, big... it's a serious thing you know yeah and, and you know i could completely understand why these writers are on strike you know they're feeling mistreated um, I don't know the full details because I didn't really look into it, unfortunately. But like, you know, most people don't normally go into a strike unless they feel mistreated. Yeah, it's like it's a it's like they want to get paid more. It's like they are being paid like a sliver, and they're asking for just like more. Like they're and they're not even asking for much apparently. And it's just like it's just they're just not getting paid what they should be right now, yeah. which is why De- which is funny because like Deadpool makes that joke in um uh, Deadpool one when they do the opening credits because like they it has like directed from it has like directed by some overpaid hack and then it has written by the real heroes yeah. <laughs> like in the opening <laughs> credits so I'm wondering like man I wonder how like that's going to like affect things going forward. I mean, it's it's happened once before. It'll probably happen again in the future too. It's just it's a thing that 
happens. You know, a lot of people go on strike for, like I said, you know, they get to a point where, and this is something that I've noticed just in life in general, we get to a point where we get really comfortable with certain things. And then once we realize we're being mistreated, it's like, no, we're going to take a fucking stance against this. You know, some people are so quick to just be like, oh, you know, it's just the way it is. But there are, there are people out there that are like, no, we should fucking do something about this. You know, hello. Well, I pressed the wrong I pressed the wrong button. You said you cut out being mistreated. Oh, OK. Well, I was saying that. Um, I mean, it's still it's still on the podcast. So you're going to have to go back and listen to that. <laughs> OK, my bad. But nah, yeah, it's all no, good. Like, but like no, nah, just like that was going to lead me into a topic that I was going to that I was going to talk about. Um, you know, when I, I was going to say that we had some explaining to do about why we've been away for so long because uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit in the last episode. But um you know, I'd ra- I, I want to get fully into it. So, like, I, I'll, I'll tell you guys this. Um, one of the things that I realized with being mistreated was I recently swapped jobs. Um, mm, okay, yeah. I was like, wait, what? What is our reason? Okay, oh, this is our reason. Okay, yeah. never mind. <laughs> so, I recently swapped jobs between episodes, everybody. So, like, right when episode 68 came out was my first week at my new job. And... I wanted to I wanted to take a moment to talk about like, you know, the previous job. I'm not going to drop names of the previous job or anything like that, but I just wanted I just wanted to make it aware that like, you know, while I was at that job for 6 months, I was really in a bad place mentally. You know, I've had I pride myself on being a person who is pretty strong mentally, you know, I don't really let things bother me too too much. Um, you know, I'm genuinely a happy person. Malik can attest to that. I'm genuinely mm-hmm. a happy person all the time, but this job affected me mentally to the point where I had like actual mental breakdowns in my own car. Like, yeah, like, I remember, when you, I remember you told me about that and I was like, holy shit. Like, that's why I knew like shit was like bad, and, which yeah. is why I want to do the Pete Davidson thing. Or I walk into your former boss and spl- like, you work for this guy. No, I'm just like splash coffee on him. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that like, you know, I was able I was able to get out of that and I'm in a I'm in a better spot now where I can actually sit back and just enjoy my time at my job. I don't really have to think about much or stress about too much. Um but I just wanted to put a message out there to everybody listening that like, you know, if you're ever in a spot where your mental health isn't really doing so hot and it could just be job, home situation, whatever it is, there's always a way out, you know? Um, let's be, let's be clear. Let's be clear. No, I didn't mean, I didn't mean, I didn't <laughs> mean be, in a bad way. What I'm trying to say is that if out. you feel you need change in your life, then you're the one that can change it. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. I'm like, we really had to fix the wording on that one. <laughs> I realized that wording Jesus. is terrible, but yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is that, like, you know, if you're ever... Take your medication. It's all going to be okay. (laughs) Please don't listen to that one literally. (laughs) Yeah, don't take what I say too literally. No. But what I'm saying is, like, if you're in a spot with, like, a job like me where... My God, it really got you, didn't it? I'm sorry. It's just like it's just like there's always a way out. Oh my God, that sounds so dark. I know it was a bad choice of words. I know you're good. That continue. I'm so sorry. Continue. (laughs) No, but like I said, if you're if you find yourself in a in a bad living position or you know in a in a job that you absolutely can't stand anymore, don't let it drive you to your breaking point. You know, don't. You, you can, you are in charge of your own life and you can, you, you can change pretty much. You can change the way your life is. 
For me, it was, you know, I I worked this job for three months. Um, I knew it was bad. By the third month, uh, by my third month trial period was done. I knew the job was terrible, but I still stuck around for an extra three months because I thought maybe it would get a little bit better. Now that I was like an actual full member, you know, I wasn't on a trial run or anything like that. And it didn't. It got worse. And I, you know, it was, it was about time that I finally put my foot down and just, you know, started applying to a bunch of different places. And now I'm in a much better position where, hey. like I said, I don't have to stress about certain things. Like I do parts delivery now. So it's I just deliver parts to my customers and I go about my business, you know? Fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it's funny. Oh, I'm sorry. You have more to say. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's important. It's important to not settle. Um, you know, you should always, if you feel that you can do better, do better. You know, I mean, I know it's a little bit easier said than done, but you, you know, you shouldn't procrastinate on things that are really important to you. One of my favorite sayings is you've come this far to only come this far. So yeah, damn. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Cause like I was, um, I was working target and, um, uh, Two people from who used to work at GameStop came in. They're like, "Oh shit!" Because they, I got called to tech section to come over and grab some things. I go over and grab the key, and I walk over. It's two people who used Target. It's, um, it's actually uh, I don't care if it's it's uh, it was Matt from uh, probably should say the last name, but like Matt, <laughs> but like it was it was Matt from uh from six 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 and like uh uh Justin. You remember them? Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, we like we came in and we just started shoot- and we just started shooting shit. And, like, yeah, no, like, what? And we also realized wasn't GameStop just awful? And like, yeah, no, we're all at like much better jobs. And I told them like, yeah, no, like I feel like I'm treated like a person. Yeah, no, what? We don't care. Fuck GameStop. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, yeah, we've all worked for me and you. And both that's exactly that's exactly to my point. There is that you know normally you don't realize it until you're gone from that place that there are places out there that are better. Like, um, I, like, I remember, like, I'm here talking, man, I'm being paid more, I'm given a set schedule, and I'm not being, like, jerked around, my bosses don't call me and yell at me and curse me out over the phone, yeah. the LP doesn't come in and, like, curse me out in front of other coworkers because I messed up one thing, I'm like, huh, this is, like, much better, like, you know? Yeah, and the thing with my last job was that I was turning into a person that I didn't like. You know, I saw Mm. myself being really spiteful towards my own boss and, you know, just generally just being anxious all the time, mind racing constantly, trying to worry about things that really weren't that important to begin with. Um, Because, you know, once you leave that place, you're like, all right, well, now I don't need to worry about this shit anymore, you know? But like, you know, I, I like I said, I found myself turning into a person that I just didn't like to see and... I think it shows a lot in my own attitude. You know, I feel like my content on TikTok has gotten a lot better for it. And mm. this podcast has gotten a lot better for it. Um, you know, it's yeah. when, when you put yourself in a bad mental health spot, you know, it, it you, you got to get yourself out of it. You know, no matter what it takes, you got to get yourself out of it. Yeah. <laughs> That was yeah. That was like something I had like um I had like realization as I like as I like GameStop legitimately had me like like I was like super depressed like I was like a trigger warning here but like I was like self harming and was like very bad like because again like the stress of that place was just so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but like it's yeah. just like we're so quick and and this is just like it's not everybody you know it's a certain type of person we're so quick to get comfortable with our own situation that. We tend to get stuck in a position where we're like, oh, man, there's no way I can leave this spot. It's doing so much for me right now, but it's really not. 
You know, there's places out there that'll do just as much for you and treat you way better for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like prime example is my new boss. My new boss is a great person. He comes out and he messes with us all the time. You know, he's using the state. He's he calls me by the nickname that everybody at my job calls me now. I'm animal from the Muppets. they call me animal there because of the way my hair is and because I'm just a general beast when it comes to lifting things (laughs) yeah man it's pretty great I love it I have to text everyone that that like you're called animal (laughs) that's so good dude the other day like a prime example was the other day um I, I the other day, like literally on Wednesday, I I had a I had an item for one of my customers, and I asked one of the guys, you know, I was down at the loading dock, and I didn't want to go up the ramp to get back up and grab it, so I asked one of the guys to bring it over my way, and he was like, "Oh, be careful, it's labeled as heavy, uh, you know, it's a radiator," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, this is nothing," um, and immediately he just goes, he turns to one of my other coworkers, and he goes, "Watch animal at work here," so I just <laughs> lift this thing up like it's fucking nothing, and everybody like there was a couple people around me, they were cheering for me. Oh my god. <laughs> and it made me feel so special. You know? Yeah, like it's what's like here at Target too. Like I feel like I am recognized for doing good. Like again, like they gave me a bonus. Like and like and within my first year of doing there because I yeah. was in, like I was doing so good. Um I like I like I <laughs> was about to go there i like had like a similar thing going back to the go like to switch topics like if you had any more to say on the topic because i was gonna be a little bit of a tone no switch. i've said i've said my piece i said what i needed to say <laughs> yeah i had like a similar issue with like mental Ill- well not similar i had another issue with, like mental illness because like i um i recently did my first cosplay i'm doing kylo ren but like yeah, i was like dope. i was so nervous about it because like again like i have like a lot of issues with like body dysmor body dysmorphia um and like how i view like my own body and how i'm like oh god it's like this i I look so gross and like i and like the thought of like doing and like a lot of our friends are like i I can feel like i said a lot of our friends are like super conventionally attractive people so like to see them do cosplay it's like uh oh (laughs) it's like um it's like i can't pull that off but like no like i decide you know what like a con's coming up i'm gonna do a lot of meet and greets i actually want to like do this so i actually like got like the parts to it now i'm doing a kylo ren cosplay i did my videos and shit like that and like i got to a point where like i looked at an old picture of myself from like not like maybe like like two years ago and i looked at it and i'm like oh my god like i have lost hella weight because i looked at my picture like from i'll like i'll send it to you on the fucking messenger so you can see it but i did not realize like how much like i had just like slimmed down and changed but like throughout that entire time I still was dealing with like body dysmorphia because I think it's from like also like hold on like this is the first picture and then this is the next picture like um like I I sent it to like our group chat and like I because I sent that one Kylo picture to like our group chat oh, and yeah. um yeah and like Tim had brought up like dude like you have slimmed down like I and I didn't see it at first because like when you do have that kind of thing body dysmorphia you don't see the changes to your body but like when i did look at that side so i'm like holy shit wait i did not realize i had slimmed down like that because like i've always felt like gross for lack of a better term about myself in that regard but like it is still cool to like see that and go like oh shit because i because again like i think like around that time like i was unemployed i wasn't really working um i was just like home all day but like i got a job i started going out and walking places more and i started just going and i started getting money so i started going out in general to places so i think i didn't so i without realizing i just started losing weight so like yeah no like now i look like that and i'm like oh shit like that's not bad 
Dude, I feel the I feel the exact same way. I actually just had this realization the other day, um, when you posted for May the Fourth. You know, you, uh, you had that picture of me and you when we went to go see Return of the Jedi with the orchestra with like Alanis and Luke yeah. and Brooke. And hi all. everyone. Um, yeah, hey everybody. <laughs> so, but like you, I, when you post that picture on May the Fourth, I looked at that picture and I'm like, man, I look really big in that picture. Like, yeah, same, I could honestly. almost barely fit in that fucking Mandalorian shirt that I was wearing. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the picture that you posted previously before that when we went to the twerp concert. And mm-hmm. I looked at myself there and I'm like, wow, I really have been losing weight. It's just yeah. such a great thing to see, you know? Yeah. And like, I remember like, I like felt so bad because like, I like, because like, I felt like, man, I'm like, whenever like I would, it got to me whenever I ate something, I felt like guilty or bad because I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm just like, I'm just so like fat, but like something like that was my mindset. But I look at that, I'm like, oh, cool. Another thing that like has helped, like, I think I'm still like plus size, but like also like, I feel like plus size isn't like as a bad thing. Like one thing that kind of helped with like was seeing more like positive views of plus size people. Like seeing yeah. like pro wrestling, pro wrestling I go to like I look at people like Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe and Keith Lee and I get so excited <laughs> to see them because they are these like big plus size guys who are like fucking awesome and doing like sick sick, sick things and shit like that. And like seeing people like you know <laughs> like, seeing people thirst after them. Like another good example, I'm um, a uh, Thor in God of War. Like uh, seeing everyone like lose at like oh my god he looks so like badass and cool and, yeah. he's, and like seeing like girls like thirst after this guy with this big belly i'm like dude that's just tyler <laughs> looking at thor like it was really cool to see and that has like helped with like certain aspects of like you know like my like body imagery and shit yeah i mean i don't have i don't have a full-blown body dysmorphia um because there are days where i look at myself in the mirror and i think god look at you you ugly motherfucker and then there's days <laughs> where i look Aww. at myself in the mirror and i'm like damn dude i'm fucking pulling it off right now i'm in my prime right now <laughs> like it's either one way or the other like there's no yeah, in between i'm either hot yeah. as shit or i'm ugly as shit <laughs> that's what i just that's why i describe like bias morphia as it's like not really knowing how to feel about your body yeah because like it's because like, like there's there's thinking your body is like gross but also i think there's, there's also like okay like i just i don't know if this is good or not whenever i look at my body and i feel and but like nine times i usually land on like okay like this isn't good so you have to think about how like okay like how like this isn't this like oh god like you know it's time to like spiral about how like unattractive i am you know like but yeah but it's so it's it's such a it's 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 a weird thing but like yeah no (laughs) the key thing honestly like is just you know and and this is all this is all tied back into the mental health thing it's like you know Mm -hmm. we can always we can always try and figure out something that we can do to help better ourselves no matter what i personally believe in that you know Mm -hmm. like you know like we've talked about it in the past you know i get days where i'm really down and bummed out and i've 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 actually come to learn a lot about it it's it has a lot to do with my adhd um you know the the more you talk about adhd the more i'm thinking like am i an undiagnosed adhd (laughs) because like you keep talking about certain things you have to deal with and certain things you've done i'm like why does that sound so familiar i just find it crazy because it's like you know growing up adhd wasn't really talked about you know it was just kind of like i knew i had it and I knew that if I took this Adderall that it would like help me focus in school and stuff like that. But overall it made me, it made me depressed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I spent a yeah. good portion in high school just sitting inside building Lego sets when I could have been out hanging with friends and stuff like that because I was just genuinely depressed. Yeah, um, I get that. 
And then I stopped taking the Adderall and I felt a lot better about myself. But like, you know, I still get those, I still get those random bouts where I'm just sitting around feeling like I could be doing something. And then, you know, I end up beating myself up about it. And it's just all part of the ADHD process. Like I said, it's, it's something that, you know, I never knew about fully, but as I hear about it more, the more I'm starting to understand that it, I'm, it's not just me, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm realizing that other people are struggling with the same stuff with it. And I'm like, wow, I thought this was just me the whole time, you know? There was there was a couple things like that too, like with me, because I also had like that big bump on my head because I hit my head let a long while ago. Yeah, and I kept like and I wasn't able to like get it removed because like doctors and insurance stuff. But luckily, I was able to finally get that removed. So I don't feel self conscious. I don't. I'm not always wearing hats when I don't have to be. Yeah, finally. I'm glad you got that thing taken care of. I was really worried about that. Yeah, you you would joke at first. I remember we like walked up to someone and like, oh my god, like what happened there? And you just go, it's cancer. And I'm like, bro, what the? Heck? <laughs> it was like people we didn't even know. Yeah, like, dude, and they were like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I'm like, "He's like, he's lying." I'm so sorry, miss. Like, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was crazy. But like, yeah, no, but like, it's cool. To, like, I don't have to. I still wear hats sometimes, so I don't have a haircut because, like, I get self conscious about my hair sometimes. Because, like, I, when I've I, never when once I don't... gotten self conscious about my hair. Because, <laughs> like, I because again, like, hair is much different when we're black. Um, but like, yeah, no, like, I. Um, I like, oh my god, I'm like getting shaggy or getting nappy. I need to, I need to text my barber, like, hey, like me, I need to come over. I go to my barber's house and get my hair cut. Like, <laughs> I've known this, I've known my barber for like years at this point. He's literally cut my hair since I was like a kid. So I just text him, like, yo, I need a haircut. That's awesome. I come over. Yeah, and he, and he just gives me a nice little. I always, I always get a fade too. A fade is just my go-to like hairstyle as well. Fades are cool. I like fades. Yeah, yeah I like fades. Fades. My are brother cool. uh, Brandon, <laughs> fucking, so he white. just recently started rocking a mullet. So naturally, you know, he sends a Snapchat. Uh, I, I forget what it was. It was just a random Snapchat. So I sent him the scene from Superbad where he's like, "Nice mullet, asshole." <laughs> <laughs> One of uh, Dave, our buddy Dave, who we're gonna be seeing at Fan Expo, um, he recently shaved his facial hair, and I hate it. Like, not that like it's bad, oh, but like, oh, I know what you're different. talking about. It's different, and I don't different. like it. It's like it's not that you look bad. It's just that it's not what I'm used to. I'm just and so my used brain to seeing is, him with a goatee. You know, it's like when you shaved that one time, I was angry. I was so angry that like I your face was just wrong. I like I can't. You need to grow that back ASAP. But, like I yeah, because I, I just have a baby face personally. It's like you know if I shave yeah. this beard, I look like a fucking child out <laughs> of twenty nine years old. Um, but, yeah. No. Also, like we're going to Fan Expo in a few weeks. Oh my god! And now yes, we we're gonna meet we're gonna meet John Carlos Bazito. We're gonna meet Katie Sackoff. We're gonna meet Char- uh, I mean Charlie Cox, and then fucking um we're gonna meet Hayden Christensen as well. I can't wait to ask him about Little Italy. <laughs> a very, according to Brooke, a very racist Romeo and Juliet between two pizza places. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I can't wait to ask Hayden Christensen about Jumper Two. I'm like, yo, when's Jumper Two happening, dude? <laughs> I need to know. I, I love that movie. <laughs> Who are you most excited to meet, like at Fan Expo? Peter Cullen. Really? Okay. And Sam nice. Raimi. Sam Raimi's nice. Are you getting a picture or an autograph? Uh, Peter Cullen, I'm getting a picture and an autograph. Sam Raimi, I'll just pay for the autograph. Okay. I want him to autograph my special edition of Evil Dead Two that I have. You, you weren't, and you're not able to buy them like outright right now, right? No. Nah, last time I checked, they didn't have time slots, so we couldn't. Gotcha. Get them Let early. Me see. Are you, but, I'm um, surprised I didn't. I'm surprised that I actually did think about springing for Biff. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about Biff because I, I would like to meet Biff. I can't do the Back to the Future guys. They're just they're too much. I, I'm sorry. Like I Biff's love not, them. Though. Yeah, his is actually reasonable. And but like, like my like fucking 
like uh, Michael J. Fox has like package deals and stuff. Oh like, yeah, I saw. It's crazy. again like well, I I respect him for that because he also has like that. Uh, he like he's dealing with Parkinson's as well. Oh yeah, so no, I completely public. understand the reasoning for it. It's just it's a lot. <laughs> Uh yeah, Sam Raimi's times are available. Like, you have, well, you can buy his stuff right now. Oh, I have to scoop that up with the next paycheck. Yeah, but yeah, um, no, we yeah, I, I scooped Charlie Cox. I scooped Hayden. Um, our our friend Gash was uh, like, yeah, can I like hop in on the Charlie Cox and Hayden? I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Because <laughs> like I don't care. Like I covered him because I don't care. Because like I get, not only I'm gonna meet not because I viewed as not only I'm gonna meet these celebrities I really like, but I'm also gonna meet them with my best friends. So like it's even better. Yeah, and they allow yeah, you to so- bring four people. You know. Yeah, no, it's like, well, it's four to get four people all together, so it's me plus three other people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They allow you to bring three other people. Yeah, okay, I'll let you mean like four other people. Like, oh, oh no. I worded it wrong. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm also going to, yeah, me and Adam are supposed to be doing Damon Clark Handsome Jack as well, and then, yeah, you know, cool. uh, Resident Evil Village, Camp, um, um, Lee Domitress, Maggie Roberts is going to be there. Should be a good day, honestly. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't wait. I'm very excited for when we go to like a restaurant or like go some, get something to eat, and it's just like going to like the coffee shops and the restaurants with like all the different cosplayers <laughs> and like <laughs> Starbucks or Shake Shack. There's a Shake Shack not too far from like that the convention as well that I know. The last time, last year, we went to. Um, it's funny because I just thought I thought about this when I was re-listening to last week's episode, and you asked if like we could leave in the middle of the con. Um. Mm. It, it jogged my memory that last year we went to Burger Fi and that place was gotcha. awesome. Got fucking uh, uh, Sawyer keeps telling me about Burger Fi. Calls it's it a fucking really good place burger. to eat. Yeah, don't they have like a lettuce burger or something? I think so. Most places gotcha, usually yeah. do like like they'll do lettuce instead of buns for people who have like gluten allergies. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, no, I yeah, I, I heard about Burger Fi, but yeah, there's that. There's Shake Shack. Like we're downtown. I wanna. They're my favorite cheesesteak place. It's a little bit of a walk, but like it's like much farther down. It's like towards um. It's like literally in Old Town. So like it, it's it's walkable, but like we're gonna have to walk a bit to get there. But like it's like it's that's where I go to get my cheesesteaks. I thought about like hey, like if we want if we're okay, we can like take a trip after the con or whenever we can like take a trip down there. Yeah, definitely get some dinner yeah. or something. Yeah, I, I love that place so much. I also gotta get. Yeah, I'm giving Brooke this big Daredevil print that like I have no room for. I figured she'd like it more than me. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I can't wait. It's gonna be a great gonna be a lot of mutuals. You need to make your video so you can have all your Transformers mutuals people like you know gonna be yeah, up there. Yeah, I know. I'll make it up. Yeah, I can't. I can't fucking wait for Fan Expo. But dude, um, I I wanted to tell you I've been listening to the uh, I've been listening to the Boy Meets World podcast because did you hear that fart? No. Okay, because I heard the green go when I did it, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, now you, you just outed yourself. Because, uh, like, I just saw the green pop up. I'm like, did you hear that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it could have been the fact that something clicked in my closet, like, right when it happened, so I don't, I think I heard that, but. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I've been listening to a lot of the Boy Meets World podcast, because doing route delivery, you kind of get sick of your own music, so I threw on some podcasts <laughs> to, like, kind of drown out, drown that out, but, uh. Mm. Dude, man, let me tell you, this podcast is not like the other rewatch podcasts out there. It is crazy. Like, so, you know, with a lot of the rewatch podcasts, like Office Ladies and stuff like that, they talk about how great it was to be on set and like how great everybody was, the writers, the staff, all them. They were all super nice people and stuff like that, which they do on Pod Meets World, too. But they 
they've been talking a lot about the drama that's been going on on backstage. Spicy. And this is all stuff that they didn't know about because they were kids. And this is all adult problems that they kept away from the kids for good reason, mind you, because they were kids. But like, it's just all stuff that they're uncovering, like that they didn't know about. And it's just crazy. Some of the shit that they fucking, that they went through. One of the biggest examples. What's that? I was about to ask, what, give me an example. So the biggest example recently was a guy named Danny McNulty. He played Harley Kiner in season two. Um, they One of the episodes that I listened to, they, they, so they're on season two right now. So they're bringing on a lot of the cast members from season two. And the two people that they brought on already was Ethan Supley and Blake Sennett, who played Joey and Frankie, the Harley's lackeys in the season. Um, and both of them have brought up, or I think just one of them, Blake did, uh, brought up an example of an incident where they were had a table read and Danny McNulty had a breakdown, uh, like a full on meltdown, and they didn't see him on the show after that. Um, but they didn't tell the story because they wanted Danny to be able to tell the story, you know, because it's his story. And um, so they got him on. And, you know, I was so curious, like I immediately like my first thought was like maybe he was into drugs or something like that, you know, Um and I was like, I don't know. Like, it could be anything, really. And then, you know, you get to the episode and he's talking about it. And he's talking about how, like, so before he booked Boy Meets World, he had this crazy experience. Like, he talks about, like, when he grew up and stuff like that. He said that his parents got divorced when he was 11 and his dad died when he was 14. And his parents are, like, immigrants from Ireland who started a bar together. And so once his dad passed away, his mom had to take over running the bar and pretty much being the man of the house uh, because he was young. And, you know, she got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And so at age 16, he had to step up and take over and take care of his mom while also running this bar Um, and also doing acting on the side. So, like, he said that he was talking to a psychic and the psychic said something along the lines of, like, you know, I'll see you in six months in Sedona in Arizona. And he's like, oh, you're off your meds. You know, he thought she was crazy. Um, Turns out like six months had passed and he was in L.A. and he gets a call from that psychic saying like, yo, are you coming to Sedona? So for some reason he went and he said he had this truly eye opening experience. The way he described it seemed almost like an acid trip. And he even mentions he's like, you know, I think Blake said it was an acid trip, but it wasn't because I don't take drugs like I've never done any drugs in my life. Um, So. You know, he was like, he just said that he had this truly eye-opening experience that, like, broadened his his horizons and his mind and stuff like that. And, you know, he he hadn't had a proper time to, like, calm down from that. So he went to go film Boy Meets World. And he said that he struggled with dyslexia all of his life. So table reads were already a nightmare enough as it is. But Mm -hmm. for some reason, this one day, they were doing a table read together and... You know, he was talking about not being able to come down after this experience that he had. And just all of a sudden he felt a meltdown brewing in, inside of him. And he just freaked out. He like threw the script off the table and like got out of his chair and he was screaming and stuff like that. And Blake went over to go try and help him saying like, you know, let him calm down a little bit and give him a chance to calm down. And he'll be fine. You know, we can get right back to where we were and stuff like that. But ultimately he ended up having to go to a mental institution, um, like a mental hospital for a good month. And once you, you know, in the acting business, once word gets out that you had a meltdown during a table read, it kind of ruins your acting career for life. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to hire you after that. Um, 
But it turns out he also got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And this was back in the 90s when bipolar disorder wasn't really as talked about. So they didn't, there weren't really that many treatments for it, you know. Um, so he talked like he was talking about how like every they were asking him, like, what did you do after Boy Meets World and stuff like that? He said he went to go get a um, he went to go get his massage therapy license. Um, and then he started then he went back to Sedona and started hanging out with a bunch of the Native American tribes out there and taking care of their elderly with massage, like massage therapy and stuff like that, like really just giving back to them. And it's just such a crazy story about how, like, no matter how bad his life got, he always found a way to turn it around and do something positive for somebody else. You know? Yeah. Holy shit. And it was just absolutely crazy because, you know, they didn't know about it. Like, Danielle Fischel and Ryder Strong and Will Friedle, they didn't they had no idea that all that went down. They they were there when the meltdown happened, but you know, their fir- nobody told them what happened. So their first instinct was like, oh, he was probably just struggling with drug addiction or something like that. And they honestly apologized to him for for thinking that. You know? It's just uh it's just crazy some of the shit that went on behind the scenes, you know? It's that's like what, you think about this is a show that I've been watching for years that I care about so deeply and they do too. And it doesn't affect their opinions on the show or anything like that. It's just some things were handled better than others. Unfortunately, one of the, another example was, um, the show was created by Michael Jacobs and April Kelly and April Kelly was on for the first season, but a big dispute happened where I don't know. They, we don't know the full details of it because it's not properly explained on the podcast or anything like that. But basically what it boiled down to was a disagreement from what I'm guessing, a disagreement between April Kelly and Michael Jacobs on where they wanted the show, the the show to go. And they said that the writing room was always super like divisive and like the entire time, like you either you were either on April Kelly's side or you were on Michael Jacobs side and the writing rooms were literally split. They had to run between each room to pass around ideas and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's all stuff that like, and she ended up leaving the show after season one. And so did a lot of her writing staff because, you know, they all either stuck with her or they got canned by Michael Jacobs, unfortunately. But like, mm. there's still no hatred towards anybody. You know, it's just it's just a bunch of stuff that they that they're digging up right now because they didn't know about it when they were kids because they weren't like, you know, like I said, for good reason, they were kids. The adults didn't want to tell them all that, you know. I th- yeah, I that's part part of the listen. That's why I should rewatch that, or I should watch that um uh, that Fresh Prince special that they did, where they like read where they talk about the show and stuff. With I know they actually brought back um the actress who plays the first Aunt, Aunt Viv. I'm, I can't remember any of their names. <laughs> I feel so bad, but like then she does talk about her experience. How like you know like after I think like she left Fresh Prince because she had like issues with certain things. I can't. I don't remember the exact story, but I know that like she ended up leaving. The, she ended up like 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 being le- like leaving the show or like being forced out. Or like that and then like it kind of like ruined her career because she was in you just you know like oh like she's a mouthy black woman like she's a black woman that she's just gonna talk back or you know and she was yeah. like a problem actor it's crazy how like that kind of shit does like affect your career yeah it's almost like it's almost like a branding you know it's mm-hmm. like it's like hollywood's really quick to decide who you are as a person and you know that's not you but there's really nothing that you can do about it it sucks mm-hmm. but it's the industry unfortunately yeah. especially back then you know this was an earlier date or earlier age, like the nineties and stuff like that were completely different. I'm sure there are a lot more. I, I would hope they're a lot more lenient towards some things now and they understand yeah. certain things, but you there, don't know. There's still, there's some stuff that like 
does kind of like annoy like again like the 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 biggest like thing to me is like the Jenna Ortega Henry Cavill thing where it's like Henry Cavill apparently like he says he like he's like like he like like with the whole Witcher thing like he apparently was going like oh like he's been like fucking going well this isn't accurate and like very like like very apparently it said like he's been like very much like I don't know if it's legitimate but like clashing with the writers of the Witcher and stuff like that and everyone yeah. and everyone's like here I'm like oh like he's so like they're like oh yeah fuck yeah Henry Cavill like yeah like dude like dude what's right for the fucking product and shit like that but like Jenna Ortega for Wednesday showed that she was actually very vocal about like um uh but like Wednesday's portrayal how the character was written and like in its regards and was actually very much you know like again like also like kind of like kind of like very much a lot of pushback against like what the writers are telling her and people are going like oh like she's so ungrateful like why like you know like oh just like that she's like a problem to work with and shit like that it's just like something i don't think it's really changed as much as we would like to think so no. like i think that there's still like issues like that you know and that's the thing about about the industry is that you know when you're playing a character for example like um you're playing a, spe- a specific character in a TV show. You're going to, being an actor, especially like method actors and stuff like that, you're going to do some heavy research on this person that you're playing. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to want to, you're going to want to get into this character's mindset so that you can properly portray the character the way the writer wants you to. And, you know, you tend to kind of like, it's like, let's just take, let's just take Sean from Boy Meets World and Ryder Strong. Um, you know, he was, uh, he started off as a goofball at first, you know, in the first two seasons, he's kind of a ditz and he's a dummy and stuff like that. Cause in the first season, it wasn't really, it wasn't really set in stone that Corey and Sean were going to be the best friends that went through the entire show together. And then season two, you know, they played Sean off as like a guy who really, who his personality is he likes girls and he's stupid, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't until, you know, um, and the one thing that Ryder Strong always wanted to do was he wanted to be a drama actor. He liked doing drama more so than comedy. And eventually he got into a point where he was really able to show, like there were certain episodes where he was able to show that he can deal with more of the drama and then eventually got what he wanted because Sean ended up becoming a super serious character, like the cult episode, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is that I think sometimes writers just don't agree with the actors or don't want to take in an actor's, like, opinions when it comes to the character that they're portraying. And then it ultimately turns into a clash where the writer just starts going, oh, they're a problem to work with. And that's not cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a lot. Um, yeah. We got real deep this episode. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, you, think you want to end it there? <laughs> Um, I, you know what? I got a good idea to end it. We're gonna we're gonna make it a little bit more lighthearted here. Um, I have, <laughs> I have the always sunny book right next to me, right now. Um, and I'm gonna open up. I'm gonna do just like we did last week. I'm gonna open up to a random page, and I'm just gonna read a verse from the from the chapter. This chapter is from Conflict Resolution. It's by Dennis. Um, he says, "Hey guys, let's have a little informal rap session here." We're going to get real for a sec, so let it all hang out. If you ask me, it's really the only way to solve anything. Get in there and work it out, for real. (laughs) If you couldn't tell by my tone, I'm sitting backward in a chair, and I'm wearing a baseball cap backward. That's just how how real this rap session is going to get. Because today we're going to talk about the C word, guys. That's right, conflict. 
<laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Remember the C word. <laughs> Conflict. <laughs> and nothing else. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.